Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, one of the things you'll notice as you step forward in ministry very often all kinds of spiritual warfare come in your life. And sometimes you're going to think, you know, before I step forward, it wasn't so bad. I think I'll just back out of that ministry. Well, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. We tell people when they're hired here, even in the offices, doesn't matter where, when they're hired here, get ready. It's kind of like part of our opening statement. Welcome. Glad to have you. Now get ready. Spiritual warfare is coming. It seems that David, if he were normal, would become increasingly discouraged the more time he spent in Saul's household. After all, the more useful he became to Saul, the more Saul tried to kill him. Saul offers his daughter in marriage. The price David had to pay might kill him. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark will be illustrating that bad things happen to those who are trying to live godly lives. Often, it's because you're having to deal with bad people. Sometimes, it's because you're being opposed by Satan and his minions. Spiritual warfare is a reality that, for you to live a successful life, has to be recognized and fought against. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 19, with today's edition of Lessons for Living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you didn't bring a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Just raise your hands and the ushers will bring one right to you. You can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 19. 1 Samuel chapter 19. We're doing the life of David. So if you're visiting us, welcome. Glad to have you. You can stop at the information center over here or yeah, this side as well. And just talk to somebody and we give you all the information we can about our campuses. God's uh, using his word to change people's lives. When you were born, God put within you some ways to perceive our world. Physical ways. You can just see them there. Hearing and the smell that God's given us. The sight. The taste. And of course, touch. And that's how we perceive our world. That's how we do things. By the way, there's never a greater time of the year than this time of the year, the Christmas season, where those senses go crazy. Amen? Well, the danger of those senses is to live by those senses spiritually. We cannot. We'll learn tonight as you start going through that, that young David himself, probably mid-twenties, something like that, we're not sure when we get to this point, is experiencing all kinds of sensations, all kinds of emotions. But David is learning to do 
what God requires you and I to do. And that's simply to walk by faith and not by those natural senses. Now that's hard. Tonight we'll see David is learning to trust God in difficult circumstances that he doesn't understand at all. Doesn't make any sense to him. And yet David knows this fact that God has anointed him to be the next king of Israel. And David knows that God will make that happen. But I'm sure as we go through tonight, there's some, there's some questions in David's mind as, what are all these attacks about? And God, what are you doing here? And uh, David is going to learn that he cannot respond to the information that these five senses give him, but he must simply trust God and walk by faith. Now, you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he'll be involved with some different people as we go through the story tonight who are going to speak into his life. Uh, Sometimes he, he feels like he's all alone. Maybe you're here tonight, you feel that way. He's never all alone. If you're a Christian, you're never alone. God's always with us. But there's other things that we're going to see tonight that in those difficult circumstances, really as we read this chapter and the next chapter, um, how many of you remember the movie The Fugitive? Just running for his life everywhere. David's the fugitive. And he doesn't understand it. And if he would go by those kind of senses, always on the run, he would miss what God's trying to do. So we'll pick it up and see how, uh, how all this works. Put yourself in the shoes of David because we have our own difficulties and that's what makes the Bible so practical to us. First Samuel chapter 19, verse 1. Those of you watching by the internet, welcome tonight. First Samuel 19, 1. Now Saul told his son Jonathan... And all the attendants, notice this, to kill David. But Jonathan was very fond of David. And he warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. And I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. And I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Now, you're going to see tonight as we go through that Saul's, two of Saul's children, really, they like David more than their father. And so that's going to cause an issue. And of course, they're right and Saul's wrong. But here, Jonathan had made a covenant of friendship, you remember, with David. And he pledged to, 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 to be faithful to him. So he says, I, I'm, I'm going to bring your case to my dad. I'm sure my dad is wrong in this. So verse 4, uh, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father. And he said to him, now let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you. And what he has done has actually, dad, benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it. You were glad. I might add the word, then. And why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? So again, as we see, the plot thickens, as we might say in a murder mystery. Saul is plotting the murder of David, and He starts off this chapter by asking Jonathan and the servants to help him. 
Now, Saul has twice already tried to kill him with a spear. He tried to kill him on the battlefield. And he gives him his second daughter with hopes that she will be the one that enables, and you'll see that backfire, she'll be the one that enables Saul to kill this young man. Now, you're going to see all through the scripture, and this is hard for us, David has done nothing wrong. David has absolutely done nothing wrong. And yet, bad things happen to good people. First thing to write tonight, it shouldn't surprise you, we're aware of it, Jesus reminded us, the godly often suffer for simply doing right. The godly often suffer simply for doing right. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. You remember when Jesus went to the authorities as he was getting ready to go to the cross, nobody could find anything wrong with him. He hadn't done anything wrong. And yet, Satan allowed, was allowed to bring him to the cross. So, in David's life, the storm clouds are gathering over his head. What will he do? Now, you begin thinking about this. What's going on in this young mind? When we're doing right and bad things happen to us, what happens in our mind? We begin thinking a lot of things. I thought of David often, and later on, maybe this is when the thought went through his mind. Later, he's going to go and meet up with Samuel at the end of our teaching tonight. But before that, I wonder how many times as David is running, as the spears are coming against him, as the plots are coming against him, as people are coming against him, he stops and thinks quietly to himself, you know what, I was a lot better off watching those sheep in the field. Take your oil back. Just let me go back to my dad's place, take care of the sheep. I mean, a bear and a wolf or whatever was one thing, but this is ridiculous. We laugh, but I'm sure he's thinking, what's up with this? It was a lot easier where I was. Now, one of the things you'll notice as you step forward in ministry, very often all kinds of spiritual warfare come in your life. And sometimes you're going to think, You know, before I step forward, it wasn't so bad. I think I'll just back out of that ministry. Well, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. We tell people when they're hired here, even in the offices, doesn't matter where, when they're hired here, get ready. It's kind of like part of our opening statement. Welcome, glad to have you. Now get ready, spiritual warfare is coming. You say, well, that's kind of foolish. No, it's very wise. When a person becomes an elder, when a person steps up to teach a woman's study or a men's study, what happens? Boom! Spiritual warfare comes out the wall. Why? Because the enemy wants to come against us. When we step forward, I met with somebody tonight that's stepped forward in faith, going to do an amazing movie that's coming on in near April. I'll tell you about it. It's going to be a great kids movie. When we do those kind of things and step forward, the enemy is always there. So David has been chosen by God, there's spiritual warfare coming, and he's going to have to, remember, the battle is always in our minds. So he's going to have to deal with those thoughts, those negative thoughts, and he can't go by senses. This is how I feel. This is how I feel. We know how he feels. We all know how he feels. You can't go by those. I can't see anything good coming here. Here comes another javelin. Whoa! You can't go by those. You have to go by the things that God has already said to him. You will be king. So that means he's going to be king. It's going to happen. Remember Jesus said to the disciples, go to the other side. 
they will get to the other side. They just didn't realize there was going to be a huge test in between as they headed there. Now, we see here some other good things. The godly character of Jonathan, a man of integrity, who will not, pretty dangerous, even though it's his father, he is the king, he's going to stand up to the king. Look at verse 6. Saul listened to Jonathan, and he took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. And he brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. So David believes, Jonathan believes, that what Saul said in this oath is, it's okay. I was wrong, I changed, and it's going to be all right. Now, just think about this. The Spirit of God has left King Saul. So who is directing Saul's mind? Satan. Well, let's think about Satan. Two things we really know about Satan. He's a liar. Never keeps any of his promises to us. You're going to see that in a moment. Saul's lying through his teeth. He's not going to keep this oath. The other thing we know about Satan is this. What? He steals, kills, and destroys. This will not change for Saul. This is exactly what he's going to do. So understand that influence there. But notice what he says. I think, God, do you know God has a sense of humor? Hello? Look to your neighbor right now. Look at him. God has a sense of humor. Look at us. We're funny people, aren't we? I mean, we're like really funny people. Well, God has a sense of humor. Look what Saul says. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. That's really a true statement. But he doesn't understand it as a true statement. Why? As surely as the Lord lives. Hello? The Lord lives. So if God is for us, who cares who's against us? So the statement is actually 100% true, but not meant like that from Saul. I think God is amazing. As the Lord lives, David will not be killed. No kidding. No kidding. Now, verse 8. In your Bibles, I think it would be good for you to circle these first five words, because this is a huge spiritual point. Notice what it says. Once more, war broke out. And then David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with such force that they fled as before. Isn't this just the way of Satan? It seems for David, as he comes back to the palace, everything seems to be right again. Saul's okay. Jonathan's there. Not going to be killed. Kind of through all that mess. I feel better. And what happens? War breaks out again. That's exactly the way it is. Now think about this. Way back when David killed Goliath, you remember the promise was that the Philistines would serve the Israelites. Never happened. In fact, they ran away. And so many of them were killed, you remember, that David's men, I mean, Saul's men went after him and killed them. But here they are again. There's more Philistines. Understand tonight, our real battle, physical, spiritual, emotional, are just part of this life. Life is a constant battlefield. Now, you don't want to take that negative. That's a real statement. It's just like for me to say to you tonight, in case you didn't know, you're getting older. 
That shouldn't shock anybody. And as you get older, a lot of good things happen because we have a lot more wisdom. We've made a lot of mistakes. We, you know, that's why you want to hang around older people because they've made a lot of mistakes and can tell you, don't go there, that's stupid. Some of us say, well, you're old, you don't know, I'll go there anyway. And then we say, well, they were right. That's what happens, by the way, with teenagers and parents. You know that, okay? When they get old enough, they should listen to my dad at 16. But we've all been there. We're getting older. We have health problems, all those kind of things. So it's not a negative thing. If you look at that, you might as well just give up right now. That's just life. So what about the spiritual part? Well, Peter says this. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Personal. The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So he's always on the prowl. And as you're here tonight, there's going to be spiritual warfare. It's going to be highs, and right when you get a high, it seems like, woof, there comes another war. You, you think you got it made? Woof, there it is. That's life. We just have to get used to it. Don't be negative. That's just the way it is. Ever since Satan came into this crazy, sin-cursed world, that's what's happened to us. Jesus said it succinctly. In this world, you will have trouble. Now, but then he finishes it, remember? Don't be fearful, don't be depressed, don't be discouraged, because I have overcome the world. So you want to have a positive attitude, even though you want to be realistic. So as before, David is blessed, he goes out in this battle, the enemy's there again, the Philistines, he defeats the enemies, notice there in verse 8, he struck them with such force that they fled as before. So here's the problem, as David's coming back, you remember there was this song Saul kills his thousand, David kills his ten thousands. Well, now there's going to be verse two. And David's going to kill his twenty thousand, and Saul isn't even going to be in verse two. And Saul's going to hear this. Because David's reputation is going up and up and up and up. And Saul's anger is going up and up and up with it at the same time. Look at verse nine. But an evil spirit from the Lord again allowed by the Lord, came upon Saul as he was sitting in the house, uh uh-oh, with a spear (laughs) in his hands, while David was playing the harp. Those of you who want to be a musician, remember there's always spiritual warfare. Saul did what with it? Verse 10 says he tried to pin him to the wall with a spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. Now, we have a saying in baseball, three strikes and you're out. But this is the third time Saul's tried. And God allowed Saul to do it. But he gave David a way of escape times three. Now, let's think about this for a moment. Why is Saul allowed to be in the life of David? Ongoing. Why? Is it an accident? No, it isn't. God allowed Saul to be in the life of David to mature David in his walk with God. He allowed this enemy who wants to kill him, who hates him, who's looking for every opportunity to do bad to him, using his family to come against him, all kinds of things. God allowed that man, Saul, to be there to grow up David. Now, as you see this verse right here, that night, David makes his escape. And 
he won't see the palace again for 20 years. And in much of that time, Saul is the guy that's after him. He really won't see the palace again until Saul dies and he's finally crowned. But I thought about this a lot studying this passage. Who has God put in my life to mature me? To grow me? Not necessarily an enemy. Not necessarily somebody that hates me. Could be. Could be. We all have those kind of issues. But if you have people in your life that kind of stir you up, anybody know what I mean? A little bit? Just stir you up? Why are they there? To grow you up. To grow you up. Now, hopefully, it isn't just your spouse. You knew God put somebody in there to stir you up in your marriage. You knew that, didn't you? You remember Andy and Ann? They stirred each other up like crazy. Same for you. That's good. My wife and I were talking today, and I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we talked about that God put her in my life to balance me. He did. She's working on it. I'm still unbalanced. That's true, isn't it? So think about that. God allows people, circumstances, all things work together for good, to grow us, to mature us. There's things that David is going to learn through this, blessings that are going to come from this, that can't come any other way. It simply can't come in any way. Well, verse 11. Saul, David escapes. He leaves the palace. Saul sent men to David's house to watch him and to kill him that morning. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michael let David down through a window, and he fled and escaped. Keep your finger right there. Turn with me to Acts chapter 9. When I was thinking about that, this again is the providence of God in our life. Nothing happens in our life by accident. And and God knows how he's going to use you and where he's going to use you in all of our lives. In Acts chapter 9, go down to verse 20. Two similar encounters that we see here with David escaping through a window and running for his life. Acts chapter 9, verse 20. Paul, at once, after his conversion... Paul began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Now wait a minute, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Now after many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded you that for the Christ follower, there is no time that God is not nearby. Even the experiences that David had weren't enough for God to abandon him. You also learned that the Bible is clear that just like the sun and rain, bad things happen to everyone. The difference is that for the Christian, God is available to provide wisdom and guidance. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. He will be talking about the spiritual aspect of David's experiences. You'll hear about the Apostle Paul's incidents of persecution simply for preaching the gospel. It's good to be reminded that God won't leave you just because times get tough. He's there through thick and thin. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Life of David. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.